0: Hello everybody, welcome to Voices from the Dark. Um, Semi-live today, today's April 7th, 2009. Um, We are in Glogau Air, actually outside for the first time in a long time because, well, it's finally spring. And uh, I discovered that there is a beautiful outdoor area in Glogau Air. So far this year, it's all been just winter and cold so we've been inside which you know the building is amazing i wish i knew more about it but actually i don't yeah so i'm not gonna say any more about that um yeah so this is episode 37 of voices from the dark the artist series number 25 and uh I have a guest with me today anya how you doing hi yeah so j- just relax you know this uh you don't have to grip the mic so hard I'm looks like I'm you're a little nervous okay you're very relaxed okay perfect yeah. So, thank you for being here. Cheers. A little too relaxed. Maybe. Too relaxed. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah. You, th- you can't be if too that's relaxed. That's possible. You know, not on Voices from the Dark. <laughs> yeah, this is a, the most relaxed podcast you'll ever be on. Basically, to we Today just sit has here. been a
1: very chill day. Yeah? Well, Why it's that? so beautiful in Berlin. Uh, true. So, everyone is out. The sun is out. Yeah, everyone is chilling. So, it's y- you're kind of grabbed by that mood, which is really lovely.
0: Yeah. And, uh, yeah, couldn't ask for a better environment to do a podcast. We have some little... Yellow flowers here, nice wooden. These table. flowers
1: are actually called uh, by my name in Russian. Really? Yeah. Uh, it, well, cool my it name is. it's like eyes. Yeah.
0: So uh, your name so it's Anya. Yeah. And w- and your your full name is Anya Anna. Well, well uh,
1: Anna Anna is like kind of the f- like full name. Okay. Uh, but my artistic name is uh, Anya Vero.
0: Anya Vera like V E R O. Yeah. Yes. Like truth.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um. Okay. And tell me more about the. The name in Russian, why does it mean... So w- what was the connection with the flower again? Oh, no,
1: it's, it's just... That's, that's how those flowers are called in Russian. It's, it's, it. just, a, it's just a typical name. No, it's like uh, Anna's Eyes, actually. Ah, Anna's Eyes. And yeah. how do you say it It's in not Russian? something that I came up with. Anjyutiniglaska. Uh,
0: Anjyutiniglaska. Uh, yes. Something like that. Yes. I always yeah. try to pronounce <laughs> different languages. Yeah. Just because, you know, why not? <laughs> All right, so uh, thanks again for being here. I'm oh, gonna thank, thank you for having me. my beer. It's lovely. Okay, so you're an artist, I guess, right? Is mm-hmm. that true? Is yeah. it, it's the artist series, so I guess that's true. <laughs> I guess so that's how I ended up. Yeah. That's how you ended up. Yeah. yeah okay. So, um, from what I understand, you're a painter. Is that right?
1: Yeah, I'm a painter. I did some sculptures as well, but right now I mostly do painting. Yeah.
0: Okay. Can you tell me more about like what you what you paint exactly? Like what well, the themes and yes.
1: stuff. Yes. Um, the latest projects that I've been working on involve people and i mean i've always been interested in people uh and the relationships and how people express themselves and how they uh, are in society so one of the latest series was uh on uh, the survivors and uh, victims and survivors of human trafficking oh yeah. uh yeah i did a couple of exhibitions in london on that uh i'd like to do one in berlin as well um It's quite fascinating. I had a connection to someone who works in Mexico for one of those organizations. And that's kind of um, how I got into it uh, as uh, we were exploring the theme of invisibility. And um, I decided to approach it through that uh giving voice to someone who is often not seen Mm. in today's society because actually this issue of human trafficking is prevalent even in western societies Mm. it's it's all over the world and um, i did a series of paintings uh on that theme and um some of the paintings were of uh, the um, portraits of the survivors from mexico yeah, yeah and and I exhibited them alongside their stories that they wrote themselves mm. and uh, shared with me and I could share it with others mm. and I think it's a great way of um showing this uh to people because often the survivors are ashamed of what happened to them they mm. they hide and it's very difficult for them to come out because they think they're not part of the society anymore and I- you know kind of the victims uh, um uh, yeah trap yeah, y-
0: there 's a name for that yeah it 's like um, something like shame it's like victims, a, exactly uh, exactly yeah they internalize the the fact that they 've this has happened to them and they feel like they 're bad people or exactly
1: yeah. yeah like like they 've done something wrong yeah. and they 're not it 's very hard for them to reenter society to be normal to do normal things mm. they thing th- they feel they 're being judged. Um, so I thought it's very important uh, to show them that people care and they want to accept them and they want to help, and so that's what I was trying to do with that, yeah. And I did also um, more um, kind of abstract um, series of that, uh, so one of the paintings of the same, of the same series th- okay. of, uh, of human trafficking, uh, which is called Gaps in Humanity, uh, which kind of showed the overview of that. So there were like some panels that were missing in the painting. And it's like uh, a view of uh, people from above. And I kind of used mixed media for that. And uh, you could see it's like uh, those are people um, from above. And um, yeah, it kind of signifies that there are some uh, large chunks of society that are not visible. So that's kind of what I tried to show mm. with that. And um, I'm uh, working on a new series Um uh, Uh, like in Berlin on that topic. Oh, on the same topic. Yeah, yeah, continuing the series, yeah. Okay. Actually,
0: Mm. I I really love what you said before a little bit because it's sort of the theme of of my entire podcast idea, which is to give um, uh, an outlet for voices that are often not heard, which Mm -hmm. I feel like you can't give... um, Artists always can use more... um, it, uh more of a push more yeah. publication more uh attention yeah. so you know that's one of the things that this podcast is about not just artists but mm. like in general like giving voice to um ideas and people that are often mm. not heard um and that th- goes in with the whole idea of the audio and like you know yeah. sound and you know podcasting yeah um, no
1: it's very important yeah to and so
0: i really think that uh that's an amazing project and i like the, the basic concept is that you know some people don't have a voice you know and um is there a way that people can like contribute to this uh sort of project uh.
1: well i am thinking of doing a bigger show maybe in berlin where the theme would be human trafficking possibly or it would be something to do with uh like humans and societies and the invisible humans mm-hmm. in society and uh, doing a collective sort of project with different artists and Mm. bringing different views on on that topic. But it's kind of quite large. So Mm. um, I'm still conceptualizing that and, and looking at where to do it and how, you know, because I don't want it to just be a collective show of something. I wanted to to be really like quite deep and meaningful. I want to bring as much awareness as possible. Uh, so you know, um, bringing media to it, and uh, because um, I know that um, it may not be that uh, big of an impact uh, from like the scale. Mm. But the thing is, if um, there are a lot of different projects happening around the world uh, that uh, do bring this to life, then collectively is actually does make a difference because you educate people and actually that's what organizations so are partnered with some organizations as well uh like 21 for example they're huge around the world that that fight human trafficking mm. uh and like uh slave slavery modern day slavery mm. and um they say that uh even if just one person uh, like at, at an event get uh gets kind of educated from that and and then um can recognize uh like human trafficking uh, like they somewhere can s- see it in the yeah, world and beca- like, because oh shit. because they actually yeah. uh, try to show just the public how you might my- may possibly recognize mm. uh that that's happening mm. Um, like in London and Berlin and in different um, cities around the world. And um, when you recognize it, uh, for example, uh, there were some cases where, and still there are cases where in car washes uh, they use slave labor or in uh, nail salons uh, in in various places. So it's not only only about like sex labor Mm -hmm. or... Or um, like camp labor and things like that is mm. actually uh, is happening around us, and we just don't really see it. That's the thing. Mm. We're we're not trained to see it. We don't we're we we do not know how to recognize it. Yeah. And this is a way of um, showing people. So when I did my exhibition in London, I actually brought in uh, a human rights lawyer and uh, a, uh, a representative from A21, and they gave like lectures, uh, kind of small lectures uh, to people. Um, Presentations on uh, like what it is and um, what's happening and things like that because a lot of people actually don't also know that uh, human trafficking is not necessarily a cross border. It's actually uh, uh, happening within a, like a certain country. So there are a lot of different nuances that uh, you can find out. That yeah.
0: Wow. Yeah. I think that's co- very honorable. I think that's amazing, and you know, yeah.
1: It f- it feels great to be able yeah. to contribute in some way, uh, some even if it's tiny way mm. you know i i realize i'm not changing much but uh i'm trying to do something and yeah. my outlet is art obviously so mm. that's what i'm using mm. and uh, people use all different uh, sorts of outlets you know they write books or they do podcasts or mm. films about this sort of th- things so yeah. yeah the more people do different things the are there more podcasts interesting it is. about
0: human trafficking that you, that uh there you know of.
1: there are definitely uh videos i haven't uh, heard particular podcasts but i'm sure there, there should be some mm. uh but yeah i've seen like uh videos uh on like on youtube even and on some websites uh where they have those yeah okay. yeah
0: i was just watching today <laughs> it's something that i was ignoring and but so i i don't usually watch too many documentaries but um when i do i sort of get you know get into the subject it's a, it was actually on human trafficking or really? what mm. they yeah i mean it's it's not exactly about human trafficking but it's an element of it mm-hmm. it's about this case uh it's something on netflix basically okay um, um a case of a british girl a uk girl madeline madeline so i can't remember her name um but the ho- whole idea is that you know there's all these people going missing you know, mm-hmm. and you know everywhere, and you know we n- some we we often never find them, mm-hmm. and so uh, one of the ideas is that what i um thoughts is that they're being taken for human trafficking, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. yeah it's, it's 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 a very disturbing topic, but it's also um it's very real <laughs> yeah it's yeah. It, and it really makes you sort of sad you know and uh, but um but it's also important to like obviously you know mm-hmm. it's important to uh bring awareness to it exactly yeah. like
1: spread the word i actually recently saw uh, a youtuber uh, sharing her experience uh, the like w- of what she thinks um was an attempt to like traffic her oh my god which uh she so she was silent apparently for uh, f- from her like e- normal videos for a while I don't know why it came up well I guess because' I've, I did a lot of research on this mm. sort of thing so it came up in my on my YouTube suggestions and I saw it and uh, she was sharing the story where she almost got uh, trafficked in a hotel in America somewhere oh my God. Uh, and uh, yeah it's a long story but there was like a woman involved who uh, kind of was friendly with her and like chatting with her and then and then got into asking her like a lot of different details and it's. I think it's amazing that she shared that story because uh, it showed that you know we are so open to strangers quite often. And I I don't uh, like the idea of being close to people mm. because there are so many amazing people around mm. the world. But you do have to be careful. And if you s- and she did uh, say that she sensed something weird, but she just thought you know it's it's nothing. It's just. But but when you do sense something weird or something that's not right. Uh, then it's actually quite often maybe the case we're actually very intuitive so yeah. if you do sense that something is wrong if you see something happening uh not not necessarily to you but to someone else and if you sense something uh maybe off you could get uh, you could intervene and try to help um by for example uh taking that person um, away mm-hmm. or uh, um, like but y- you may even save someone's life so yeah. quite often um it's just about uh, intuition mm. Mm.
0: yeah intuition is important so m- yeah. maybe uh so i mean i don't want to you know diminish this uh, topic but you know um maybe you can say something about intuition and, and your and your work like uh how does it how does your um intuition help you to develop your your paintings and maybe you can say a little bit about um your process of like like where do you obviously get your ideas Mm -hmm. for this project Mm -hmm. um from from the actual issue in the world of human trafficking but maybe say something more about other projects or even in this project some something more specific about like how you approach the paintings like uh like In the show Mm -hmm. notes of this episode, you know, I I would love to be able to share, you know, some images of yours or Mm -hmm. uh, links to to your portfolio and and things like that so people can get a better idea. And Maybe if you say something about some stuff that you have published or online or or, or just anything in general.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, my background is actually uh, in anthropology as well. So I'm fascinated by people and cultures and um, relationships between people. Uh, so I get a lot of uh, inspiration from that and uh, another series that I've uh, worked on like watercolor series in Berlin actually and they're up now and they're going to have like an opening as well soon Um, and that was very much about that actually about um, perception of uh, people and of of yourself Um, how we constantly look at ourselves and either compare ourselves or how we present ourselves um, in front of others. And uh, I've created uh, this series of paintings and they have quite um, comical names. And when you read them, I think you, you would kind of... Um, y- you would kind of get the hand of wha- what the painting is about. So, and, and it's about, you know, I'm, I, r- I love looking... I also love doing nude painting mm. of people. Uh, because I love human body. I think it's uh, beautiful. And um, it's also... It l- you don't really need uh, more inspiration than that. Sometimes I just see in you know, a person and I just I just find it fascinating. I mean, I guess it comes also from the study of anthropo- uh, an- mm. not only anthropology, but also anatomy. So I did anatomy as part of my uh, degree for uh, fine art. And uh, we actually looked at um, human bodies and uh, how they are inside, and I just I've always been fascinated by that. Uh, my grandparents are medics, mm. so uh, maybe it comes from that as well mm. because my grandma used to uh, show me a lot of medical things, mm. and uh, it was fascinating. She had like a human skull at uh, her flat, and uh, yeah, so I think. Um, it kind of draws from that, definitely from anthropology. and.
0: Uh, okay. And yeah. so what was the name of this work um, that was inspired by uh, anthropology? What was? Th- 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 does it have like an overarching oh, name?
1: Yeah, the overarching name is Common Reflections. Okay, Common
0: Reflections.
1: It's not the most elegant name, but I thought it reflects actually what it is about. It is about re- reflections on ourselves and um, our um, presentation of our own bodies and um how we think that uh there there is one painting that i particularly like and i know it's kind of crazy to say about your own work (laughs) i'm usually very judgmental about my own work but i really like that piece i think it's good (laughs) to
0: to like your own work yeah it it, it helps some works
1: i'm really like oh that's that's actually really good because i i did portray what i wanted to say and um that uh it's kind of a painting of uh, two faces sort of merged and um, it, it reflects on how uh, we always have two faces. Uh, and it's not a bad thing because uh, there is, you know, there, are always, there is always a private and a public mm. face, at least. In fact, I think we have even more faces uh, towards different people. And I think that's completely normal within that. Of course, there are, um a lot of different issues with um like when people say like oh you're so two-faced but but then who is not who is not two-faced yeah
0: but maybe maybe there's um uh, the one idea one sense of the two-faced concept and then there's another sense of the two-faced concept which Mm is you have the two-faced concept that that you are interested in and then there's this two-faced concept of like you know oh you're you're lying to me yeah. you're lying to me so uh, you know i think it's the same same words that are describing two different things
1: mm, but that's that's what's fascinating where is the line from like where do you draw the line when people lie and when mm. they don't lie mm. so or or when they don't tell the truth so it, it's not it's not as simple as just saying you're lying or you're not yeah. um so so that that's what i find fa- fascinating those nuances mm. uh in in human communication as well yeah yeah but uh i also uh, painted um kind of uh, the um, bodies in an in- interesting way i guess reflecting the colors because actually um i th- well When you look at the human body, uh, at first you might see just uh, beige or like this kind of um, skin tone. But actually, human body has so many different shades and colors like blues and uh, reds and greens and is actually really beautiful. And I try to sometimes accentuate that uh, to to make it brighter and um, kind of bring that up as well. And uh, I use... Um well I do like use different to use different materials like uh, oil yeah, tell, us, tell us
0: about the materials <laughs> you use yeah. oil you know, but equivalent. yeah but I
1: don't just use oil I use oil on silk so oh. um wow. it's it creates an interesting fluidity and interesting um texture because I can push oil from the other side and then it creates a texture on the other side that's kind of uh, more interesting I, I do like when people come and and i do it quite often when i'm in the gallery i come quite close to a painting mm. because i really love to see uh those uh details it's of like uh,
0: little little flecks of paint you see exactly like, yeah, uh, yeah
1: yeah yeah and i use uh, also other materials like plasticine for example on um What's, uh, plasticine? so plasticine is, uh, you know what you played with probably when you were a kid kind um, of like play-doh sort of uh,
0: Play-Doh, so sort of material yes yeah.
1: but but it doesn't um harden so mm. um i, I mean I, I do put like varnish and stuff on it so it's kind of preserves but mm. yes that's the sort of soft mm. material and uh with that i can create really beautiful texture as well mm. and um the body would look actually it's, it's like an impasto Painting, which means it's uh, quite thick and uh, mm. it has a lot of um, texture, a lot of uh, build to it. So, what do you call it? Uh, Impasto. Impasto. Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, that's uh, that's the, the kind the of Italian word. The term, yeah, the term Sounds for Italian. it. <laughs> yeah, it's probably it probably is, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, th- so that's uh, that's one of the things, and um, it's uh, I can create like really beautiful tones with that as well, um, like in, in color. Yeah, mm. like different uh, colors with that. So yeah, that, that's another technique that I'm using. Um, Tell as me more well, about uh.
0: the silk, because um, I'm th- when you said it, like I imagine that you paint it somewhere, and then of course it's like going through, like you said, to the yeah. other side. Do you hang it like somehow, and so that people can look on both sides or something?
1: Or? I love I love doing that. Yeah, uh, that's
0: amazing. I've never seen that. I've never seen that. Yeah, when I go, I'm not like the most. Uh, I don't go out to galleries and Mm -hmm. and museums, uh, you know, so much. But, like, I've been to many museums. I've never seen that. No,
1: this is a technique I haven't seen anywhere else. It's not particularly complicated. And I experimented with a lot of different materials. And I kind of arrived at that uh, probably by accident. I can't remember when. But I just loved um, the texture of it, yeah. And Mm -hmm. the fact that you can... um, S- you can actually walk around the painting and i used to kind of exhibit them in a different in different ways you can put it against the wall or you can put it in the middle of the um of um like the space and i actually also created uh something between a, a painting and a sculpture so it's like a freestanding painting mm-hmm. uh that consisted of three screens uh, so th- three uh, parts and you can a actually... It's it's a triptych, yeah. Um, and it was like with a human body actually there and um, yeah, it was done on silk and the uh, canvas is like weird shape. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I will give you like yeah. a link or something yeah. so you'll be able to see it because it's quite hard to describe but it's not it's not just square. Mm. So I also like to uh, make my own canvas uh, okay. that are not squared. They... Mm. Are they have like different angles, so Mm. they would have um, more sharp edges or like a trapezoid
0: or a Um, a triangle? Maybe, uh,
1: well, they would have maybe four corners or even five corners, but they would be uh, not 90 degree angles, Mm. so uh, they wouldn't be like a um, rectangle, they would be I don't know what you call those. uh, So you have
0: rectangle and then. I so mean, I guess it's
1: a form of rectangle, but just not with 90 degree angles.
0: Well, I think a rectangle has to have 90 degree angles. That's like a requirement of a rectangle. But we don't have to talk about geometry. I mean, I
1: can, I can try to show you if you want to.
0: No, I get what you're saying. Okay, like okay. basically um, the angles are less than 90 degrees. Yes. So it's like um, what you would call a scalene triangle, I think, which has mm-hmm. all different. So basically, yeah, there's no 90 degree angles.
1: Exactly. Yeah. I mean, you, you can have one maybe ninety degree angle, but yeah. uh, others would. And be then
0: you have different. a rhombus. We're talking about geometry now, which is weird. Yeah, I know. But that's all right. Um, well, uh, to be
1: honest, it it involves a lot of geometry oh, when okay. when I'm uh, trying to make it because it oh. uh, it acti- oh yeah, okay, it is yeah, actually yeah, yeah. quite complicated oh wow, to put uh, it together.
0: Okay, so you have three here, and so yeah, this is that's simply an irregular shape, if you ask me. So maybe yeah, because none of the so it's not a rhombus because none of the sides seem parallel to me. Mm-hmm. So so in this first one here where the lady's back is uh there um yeah there's no parallel um sides. Yeah. So yeah. therefore I don't think it can be a, a rhombus it has another name I guess.
1: Which we need I to ask yeah. a mathematician, <laughs> I guess, for this sort yeah. of thing. But uh, yeah, it's really cool. And this that sort of painting l- looks
0: like someone I know, but is it's it?
1: actually uh, based on a photograph of Kate Moss. I knew it. I, mean, I was <laughs> just
0: thinking that that looks exactly like Kate Moss.
1: Yeah, uh, I just love the um, like her, her body in there. It's uh, just so, these so pure. R- did you
0: say the photos? Uh, th- 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 based on photos of S- some
1: of them are photos some of them uh, I would paint from people right yeah but yeah. the one of Kate Moss I mean yep. was, yep. no no she didn't pose for me sure. No, not, not yet but would, would be no, great I mean, it, <laughs> c- it could
0: be like from your imagination of what like uh, she looks like I don't no know.
1: well no, no I yeah I looked at the photo yeah. and uh, I mean uh, when you paint you might uh, change a little bit something uh, to create a shape that you mm-hmm. like um, uh, it's kind of
0: this is a trapezoid Okay. Because you have two parallel sides yeah. and then two well, I d I don't know the exact definition, but that looks like a trapezoid. Yeah. yeah. And this
1: is actually about like two uh two meters high and uh, wow. so it's quite it's quite big. Yeah. yeah. And and that one I- you can see it's it's quite big as well. It's even higher than two meters. Yeah, it's you can it see can be freestanding. Uh, yeah.
0: It's in you can see the yeah. the floor and the in the wall there. It's yeah,
1: and I l- and I love the idea of creating a painting that's not really a painting it's like a sculpture but it's not really a sculpture mm. so it's something between a sculpture and a painting i, I do like to find ways of challenging like conventions uh, it's quite fun
0: that's good yeah. Uh let's see we, we we could probably come up on a break if you want i do need to refresh my drink but i d- wanted to ask you um so what you just said about you know painting and sculpture you like to challenge you know uh you know standard conceptions and stuff like that did you start with one or the other and then like kind of segue like in your life to to I think
1: I did both Uh, but there was a point where I started doing like large sculptures uh, made out of wood Uh, so one of them for example again it's like more than two meters high and I think 2.5 and it was a kinetic sculpture I actually collaborated with uh, someone in the engineering department at the university and he did the mechanism for it Uh, But I built it myself out of wood and um, um, fiberglass and resin. And uh, it it can kind of move depending. Well, you can adjust it to something, but I adjust it to light. For example, when it's light, it would uh, open up. And when it's dark, it would close. And uh, that was quite a cool one. But I liked creating um, also sculptures based on... um, natural elements, uh, so kind of natural shapes. Um, and I know it's kind of broad. Uh, I realize it sounds a bit broad, but, but something that you find, in a, for example, that one are based on the caterpillar, mm. the way the caterpillar bends. And then others were based on, um, v- very much influenced by Gaudi, actually, mm. the um, Spanish uh, architect yeah. and uh, kind he, of natural. He's known
0: for having these organic, yes. so-called organic... Uh, exactly. Con, you know, architecture yeah like yeah
1: and I found them like really beautiful, so I kind of did sculptures uh inspired by um his work and they like uh, most of the sculpture i think not actually all of them are made out of wood, so I found all sorts of different ways of bending wood uh from steaming to um to yeah like bending with resin and uh, um and uh fiberglass mm. um kind of s- making it stay. Together, mm-hmm. uh, quite fascinating to bend wood, uh, like especially. And then you find out that uh, there are different types of wood that bends yeah. in different ways. Uh, actually, yeah.
0: I, that that is amazing, and I feel like there is a certain dedication, f- you know, and to to research it and things. Like, um, actually, uh, oh my God, that is. I'm like just showing, just really in case I'm You just really bent it. the wood. That is quite bent. That's like very. It's like loops, basically. It looks like. Yeah, looks like um, it looks like it was it's easy, but I'm sure it was not. Like uh, it looks like so. Yeah. Like w- what I mean is like it communicates an a feeling of like like flexibility. Mm-hmm. But wood is not known as being well to like normal people. It's mm-hmm. not known as being flexible. Mm-hmm. So you had to dedicate some time to figure out how to make wood mm-hmm. flexible. And I think that that's it's that's
1: actually really amazing to work with a natural material and uh, find ways of. Uh, challenging it you in know in, in a way but but also respecting it obviously because if yeah. you bend it too much it's gonna break yeah. and uh it's it's nice to create pieces that uh, were slightly fragile mm. but also quite rigid mm. as wood is so yeah that was very satisfying and i think it's uh it kind of relates to my uh, paintings as well it's not like my sculptures are um quite similar Th- they look very different from my paintings but they're quite similar in uh, attitude and mm. in, um, um, uh, I- like influence
0: uh you mean like the in concept the vision. Where that they come from yes the, the, the yeah the where they're born from it's like yeah. uh, the impetus mm. to use a weird complicated word um, yeah, two things that you mentioned made me think of Buenos Aires. Do you have really? anything to do with Buenos, Buenos Aires? No, no, I've never been there. I'd love mm. to go. Because the, the thing about the light, uh, about the sculpture that changes with, with, with light and dark, mm-hmm. there's a well-known sculpture that like opens. I don't know if it's affected, if it opens because of the l- because it's a timer or mm-hmm. something. It's like connected to a, a clock or something. Or if it's based on, on the sunlight. It's a flower. And I don't ah, remember okay. the name of it. Maybe it's just the flower in Spanish. Um, but uh, it, like, opens up in the daytime and then closes up. in the, d- in oh the Like night. a
1: lotus flower.
0: Yeah, sort of, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it doesn't look like any flower I've ever seen. I don't think it even looks like a lotus. And then um, the second thing you said about Buenos Aires... Well, the second thing that made me think about Buenos Aires was the wood. Because mm-hmm. I actually wrote a story about wood, about some people building a house out of wood. Mm-hmm. And... Um, it was a wood that no one would ever build a house out of i didn 't know that when I first wrote the story, mm-hmm. but then I left it in because because it was too too much a part of the story, so i couldn 't take it out o-
1: what was weird about the wood
0: the wood is called uh it 's from the ombu tree okay ombu ombu actually and um it 's very soft actually it 's mm-hmm. very soft and porous mm-hmm. so it's it 's not like um it's not It's not like a solid. Yeah, it's not very hard and it's not good for building. Mm -hmm. But of course, in my story, being ignorant of wood, (laughs) I had no idea. um, You know, I had my characters build this house out of uh, this ombu.
1: Do you know why they decided to use that material?
0: In the story. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they were uh, uh, sort of obsessed with the um, country of Argentina. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was writing about Argentina at the time. And uh, yeah basically they were obsessed and they wanted to import this wood. They were like very rich people, affluent people and so they imported all this wood to where they lived in in Vermont and built this you know, house and of course, you know, I'm a horror writer, I write scary stories Uh, so it was, um, the wood was, um, had some spirits in it and basically they built this house and the house started to um, you know, basically go against them and you know attack them
1: i guess there is a reason why people don't build out of that wood
0: yeah i mean mostly it's because it's not good for building yeah because if you build something with that it would just it's not good it's yes it's not good for it's Mm -hmm. too soft Mm. it's too soft so anyway just made me think of buenos aires a couple Mm. times so i figured i would mention it just like you know the flowers the how do you say it again
1: uh well anna's in eyes, yeah, but in russian I'm new yeah,
0: a newton yes a newton yeah, this is a coincidence, I think, so I had to ask, yeah, I had to ask, yep, yeah. so I guess we haven't really talked about any of the usual stuff that I talk about on the show, which is like location, time, um travel, mm-hmm. time travel, <laughs> no, usually not. Um, but maybe mm-hmm. we take a quick break and we can talk more about those, you know, those details. Yeah, let's well, do that. Yeah? Okay. Cool. Great. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> We're back. So, Anya, you haven't used your headphones the whole time. I hope you can hear me. You can hear me, right? Yeah, of course. Okay. I'm sitting like a Run meter me. away from yeah, you, yeah, probably less, less, less than, <laughs> than a meter. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. So let's let's talk more about like the nuts and bolts of things, like. Uh, how did you well actually I know the story a little bit about why you came to Berlin because of my previous guest mm-hmm. which is unpublished yet but it will be coming out this week um, so but maybe you can just tell me why did you come why why Berlin what's your feeling about like yeah space and location
1: well I lived for a long time in London and in the, in the UK for like past 14 years uh, and most of it in London and I love London it's great but I did want some change for a while and I've uh, also lived for a few months here and there in different cities around the world like in Vienna and in Paris and um I do love uh, those places and in Korea actually in Seoul as well which is lovely. really lovely I love Seoul it's uh, such a vibrant city Um but I, d- I haven't lived in Berlin actually before uh, I came here and, um, I. but I've been to Berlin many times. And I was, t- well, we, together with uh, my boyfriend, we were thinking, where could we relocate from um, from London just as a change? And um, after just taking into consideration that I mean, Paris is lovely, but not the best city to live in. Too many tourists, a bit too hectic i don't know berlin has this chill vibe about it and also i thought as a it's kind of like a capital of europe in a way it's it's very so and and something drew us here i think Mm. and uh, so we decided yeah let's just try berlin because we do know we, we had who like any friends that i've mentioned berlin to they would be very positive about their experience yeah they would be very positive about their experience in Berlin and they always would say that they love it and it's great and so I uh, just uh, I had high expectations of it although I tried not to have any expectations and uh, so far I really love it it hasn't disappointed me even though we moved in uh, February where it Mm. still was a bit cold and rainy but uh, not more grey than London so nothing new to me um and i just loved the vibe here people are just really lovely and now that it's uh, spring and it actually i think started blooming quite early and um it started to be green really early and you can see as soon as there is a little bit of sun everyone comes out and uh, it's just um, really beautiful in the sun yeah and and the white streets and and also the Uh, attitude of people towards life uh, towards art and startups and people doing things i really love that uh, kind of atmosphere it's less corporate than london it's Mm -hmm. very much uh, about people trying new things trying to change the world trying to uh, make things happen and especially like in the arts and in startups and I think that's really important and something that's a bit more rigid in London uh, I think it's definitely more corporate in London uh, but not necessarily more efficient it seems mm. like uh, in Berlin and in Germany people are still figure out the way to be efficient but also just enjoy life Mm. and you can really sense it like all the people that i've met uh, like i've met some incredible people Uh, for example i discovered motion lab which is uh like an amazing space it's uh as i said it's like my favorite space probably in berlin uh wherever whenever i go there i was there earlier today actually uh, the people are so lovely and huh. it just feels so inspir- inspiring. I do want to create, uh, I do want to launch like a startup. So I'm working on a product uh, for a bicycle. Oh. Uh, yeah, it's a like, bicycle? Uh, well, it's it's a product for a bicycle. So it's uh, actually a, a bicycle bike. basket, but it's kind of reinventing a basket. I don't know where, where it's going to go, but I had this idea for a while. And when I was at uh, the university, I was cycling every day and I couldn't find the basket that I wanted. Yeah. And I just thought I just kind of made the first very rough product up myself and it fulfilled all the requirements that I wanted. And uh I kind of put it on a back shelf for a while and now um I have the tools and um uh, people to encourage me to and and to kind of help me out uh, to learn how to do it as I would like to do the first prototype and and test it out and do another prototype and just show people and get feedback Mm -hmm. and uh, maybe launch it because I do love to uh, I have a few ideas for startups and (laughs) well kind of for things to improve people's lives Mm -hmm. like I do love the idea of um Um, encouraging people to cycle more, for example, Mm -hmm. or to, yeah, to use their bicycles, uh, in a convenient way. Um, and this is, uh, something that, um, inspired, is inspired by that. Yeah. It's, it's, it's something that, uh, was born from my own experience and my own need, so that's that's kind of how it came about. I don't know how it came around to that. What was the f- what was the question? Yeah, uh, Berlin <laughs> location.
0: I I, so basically do you feel like this uh, yeah. this extra yeah. level in your life this, you know, kind of uh, inventor sh- inventor wh- what would you like call it like
1: innovative sort of
0: Yeah, but it's like you you're, you're becoming an inventor maybe yes. or the startup, mm-hmm. you're, you know, you becoming a founder. Do you think that that's sort of Inspired by Berlin as well. It or? seems like
1: in Berlin it's more feasible than London. First mm-hmm. of all, the cost of uh, living here is less. Mm. Uh, people are more open, and there are tools more readily available. Mm. So uh, it seems like you can find help um, in a lot of different ways, and there, like people understand you, people get you what why you want to be doing yeah. something. I have a lot of friends like uh, all over the world, and in London. Uh, a lot of them are maybe in banking or consulting or and things like that, and they wouldn't really get why I want to be doing something like that. Why yeah. uh, I, I can't have a nine to five job? I just I would just go crazy. It's mm. not my thing, and um, I just have this hunger to um, to create something that would change the world in some way. And I'm not talking about the basket. Like I have other. I think more. Sort of revolutionary ideas in some ways. Uh. Well, I think the basket
0: <laughs> is a good s- first step. Because exactly, I, I that's I can't why, stand yes. like I actually am a, b- a bicyclist or a biker, or whatever <laughs> you want to call it. I use a bike. Um, Cycli- I'm cycling psych- enthusiast. Cyclist, yeah, cycling <laughs> enthusiast. I don't. Know, yeah, I'm, I guess I'm enthusiastic. Yeah, for sure. Um, but the the thing is, is like I need uh, something. I need something to carry my stuff in sometimes. Mm-hmm. And like you said the baskets that i have and have had they're just not what i want they're Mm -hmm. not what i need and and, you know you see some people that have like a amazing bike and you're like oh where'd you get that basket but then and they're like oh my friend made it for me he's like a a smith a smith Mm -hmm. whatever Mm. he makes you know he's like a welder Mm -hmm. and so they make it like a custom made thing or whatever but if you can make one that's um you know, universally available. Yeah. Right? That'd be a, I think yeah. that's a great way to change the world.
1: And it's, it's yeah, exactly. As for you said, this, it's like the first step for me to try to do uh, yeah. like a product on my own. So that that's why I chose something quite simple. But... Uh, like the design aspect of it and all the details of it are very important. I want it to be uh, like highly functional and also customizable for people uh, by, for example, using um, different stickers that are reflective. So you can customize your bikes with uh, different colors, uh, but they actually serve also the purpose of increasing the safety, mm. uh, like your safety. Mm. So that's kind of uh, one of the okay. ideas that okay, I'm so developing.
0: Yeah, that's that's cool. And so I guess that brings me to one of the other main topics of this show. This artist series is um, how do you balance, you know, your your work, life, art, all those things, you know, making money, Mm -hmm. uh, making a living, um, you know, pursuing things like this, like Mm. startup because that that's sounds like it's not necessarily your your way of making money Mm -hmm. and it's also not necessarily your art uh and so it's like we all have these different things that we are trying to do in our life Mm. but you know it's not easy to balance it so like maybe say a little bit about how you balance it
1: well i don't do clubbing let's start with that so i don't waste time on that um
0: Uh, okay well we're in berlin so yeah that's that's a that's a thing yeah clubbing yeah
1: yeah. At I haven't been to a club here yet. Okay. I've been here for just over two months yeah. and I haven't been to a club. Okay. Um, well, clubbing is not really my thing and it has never been. So that's not a problem. It's not, it's not that I don't like it or anything. It's just, uh, um, I, uh, yeah, I just enjoy doing other things more, I guess. And, uh, when you have the drive, uh, of wanting to do something, um, you find a way of doing that instead of something else. Mm-hmm. Uh, some sometimes, instead of going yeah to like some house party or things like that, I would mm-hmm. just be like, no, I should like I, I want to stay in and um, work on my own things, mm-hmm. like on painting or on something else. Although I do love to sh- socialize as well. I have like amazing. I've met amazing people here, and I have great friends. So I do, lo- and and it's important to also not just. Um, keep to yourself you you do need to um, speak to other people about things and th- that's why berlin is great because um people actually genuinely want you to succeed they they would give their genuine feedback and everyone is doing their own thing so mm. it's great to to um, be able to give feedback and to receive feedback mm. but in in the sense of like balancing um quite often it helps to create some sort of uh, space for each of the things that I'm working on and I have I kind of track each thing so um, I would have like a spreadsheet uh, really? that, oh uh, yeah, for each uh, separate wow. thing something that I got from Ned actually from uh, Ned? Yeah. <laughs> uh, he loves spreadsheets and um, <laughs> it's, it's actually great because it's a way of tracking each thing like I used to have it on a uh, notepad but now I uh, have it on in a, in a spreadsheet and I would have for each um like uh, let's say art I also do jewelry uh design um kind of more for fun yeah. um then i do yeah i work on um the family business and i work on um the family business yeah our family business Th- that's how i make money basically Where, ah, tell, so
0: Th- that's I something mean, else yeah so tell me more about the spreadsheets but you okay you do have i'll to come back the, to that yeah, <laughs> sure
1: <business. laughs> um and it's, so yeah i have for each of the projects i have this uh separate um Uh, column and then uh, I might have in-depth a separate folder where I work on each one so I have I try to dedicate uh, like space for each one Uh, and sometimes uh, like there would be a day maybe uh, where I would just be working on um, on and off on each one of them Like in the morning I would get up, do some work on the business. Then I would, uh, for another couple of hours, I'd work on painting. And then I would come back to business because I need to speak to clients, for example. And then I would uh, go to Motion Lab and work on the um, design project on, on the bicycle basket, for example. So that's kind of a great way of separating. And then you can leave spaces in between for socializing as well, which is important um so that's how i kind of try to keep track of everything as well because you it's 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 quite difficult to when you want to be doing a lot of things you have to be trying you have to try to prioritize and so there are a few um other ideas that i want to work on Mm. uh that i'm very passionate about but i i have them written down and sometimes i would go back like let's say i see something inspirational i'll be like oh this would be great for that particular idea and i would note it down and i would put it there so it's still always on the back of my mind but i'm not actively working on it Uh, i will go back to it once something else is like realized and and i have um, space freed up but uh, like sometimes for fun i would be yeah working on one of my ideas in the evening instead of uh, watching a movie or but Mm -hmm. but i do make space for that as well so yeah. yeah i
0: watch too many movies no, no, your, your your spreadsheets are making me <laughs> no the thing is I watch <laughs> movies when I paint sometimes oh, okay. so
1: th- that's a, that's a great way to f- watch movies. so I don't really ne- need uh, mm. you know watch it, to watch too many movies
0: yeah okay. so yeah so I think that's amazing is spreadsheets I actually use spreadsheets but more for like financial you can stuff. use it for all sorts yeah, of things you can, actually it's true. Yeah, yeah. I mean yeah. I do use it for other things but mostly for n- like numbers and stuff um but it sounds like you're using it like sort of like as a calendar, like as a planner. Is, is that right? Uh, like you say create space and you mm. mean like create space in time, like like time slots. Is it, that what it is?
1: Or yeah. No? So for a spreadsheet, I just use it as a, as a tracker of the things that I need to do mm. uh, for each particular project. So I would put, put it there. But uh, not as a t- uh, I don't put like times there. Um, okay. For times, I would um, try to create either, uh, and I'm not super disciplined for uh about that yet, uh but actually, I kind of naturally fall into a rhythm without writing it down but uh if if I do get sidetracked uh I would just try to uh, a day before um I would try to uh think of what i 'm going to do next day, or in the morning, I would wake up and i'll and i 'll think, okay uh for these two hours I'll do this mm-hmm. and then and and then I 'll see how it goes during the day, but uh, yeah, and you can try to stick or you can. Uh for example, uh on the, on a Sunday you can uh, think of what what you want to achieve uh for the whole week and uh you would try to down those uh like tasks for each or goal for each of the things and um you can try to think of how how you're going to achieve it and mm. uh on which days you will do it and which are like which days are the best for it. Um and but but you know, you need to try to be realistic. Uh quite often I over uh, um kind of overplan plan, over plan, over plan or, or yeah over i I would, I would put over ske- yeah, I would yeah i would over over schedule I'll put too many things yeah. to do, and then I panic a little bit that I'm behind, but actually it's just because i I'm am too ambitious in a way that i'm d- I'm just one person, but sometimes maybe I think i'm I have a whole team, yeah. which is not yet the case yeah yeah
0: um so okay, so now you gotta tell me about the family business that's yeah what is it, what is that is it, is this like old family business or is it like with you and, and your boyfriend or
1: oh uh, no it's uh it's something that my father and his uh friend um established uh just a three about just under three years ago and, uh, it's actually the manufacturing of uh, rubber tiles for playground and fitness. So like safety surfaces for playground, fitness, uh, stables and things like that. And they wanted, and they use a lot of like recycled materials and they wanted to create something that would, uh, they just wanted to create something new and, uh, there are a lot of established companies that have been doing it for ages, but, uh, they, innovate uh, with designs with uh, the quality so they use like the best quality and uh yeah and uh, i got um this amazing offer uh to be a part of it and to do the business development um, for uh, the uk and ireland and now germany and a couple more countries and um that is uh kind of what i work on and and it's it's amazing so it started trading uh about 2 years ago and it's already doing really well and uh trading
0: you mean like ipo like no as in like oh.
1: uh trading uh so about 3 years ago it was uh established and they started they built the machinery and things like that and about 2 years ago it actually went on on the market and uh oh, okay. and got sell- got first s- c- customers yeah and right. then selling okay. so oh, wow. so um yeah and um it was great to to be in this position, you know, of course. And I obviously accepted the offer because I do want to learn more about the business. And mm. here I can actually uh, learn about the business that's starting from the beginning mm. and um, growing. And uh, I can really see how it's developing. And the thing is I can also contribute, obviously. Uh, but I'm taking it seriously. So it's not just that... Uh, um, I get away with uh, things. I actually have to work pretty hard for it. Um, and uh, I actually just came back yesterday, uh, night from the trade show that was uh for three days in Cologne. Uh, well, actually, it's four days, but I was there for three days, um, from like Thursday, uh, which was in the fitness industry, like a huge trade show called FIBO. And um, yeah, like uh, basically, I was just running. Uh, during the whole show talking to potential uh, partners and clients uh, you know you talk about deals you talk about uh, orders um, yeah. and new projects and things like that and it's fascinating it's a completely different side to my like artistic side but yeah. um, and some people ask me oh if you could choose art uh, or business for the rest of your life I would it, it would be so difficult for me to make that choice because uh, I'm really passionate about business because business can really make a change in the world just as art can for sure and I do love uh the way business can really contribute and change mm. people's lives, so that's um that's why i'm i it would be impossible to uh because i i uh, to make the choice because uh sometimes I would start replying maybe it would be art like uh, that would be my first instinct to reply but then i uh, then I would think if I have to give up business then mm. i I would just go crazy as well mm. I can't just do art and I'm not talking about, like, for example, art business. It's a completely different thing. It's something that I found quite difficult. I'm talking about business that is um, more of a uh, practical.
0: Well, actually, it leads that makes me think of a question. Um, do you think it's harder to do business in the field where you are more mm. invested, like, passionately and, like, with your heart? Emotionally, yeah. Emotionally, exactly. Yeah. Emotionally invested, uh, or is it more difficult to do it? I think uh, from based on what you said, mm-hmm. it sounds like I already know the answer <laughs> but um or is it more difficult to to do business in in a field where you 're not emotionally invested? Yeah I mean.
1: well, the thing is uh with with my ideas, for example i 'm very much emo- emotionally invested, but it 's different it 's like you 're trying to change like the world, whereas yeah with art it 's um it is more emotional in the sense that well, just art just is, you know, that's just, it's it's just, I never thought about it in that way. So it's hard to pinpoint what it is exactly, but there is something about it that is very personal. Uh, and, um, it's almost like as if you're selling yourself, whereas with the products, it's, it's kind of, um, it's an extension of you. It's not, it's not you, you know, necessarily it's, it's, it's kind of something that you've created on the side. So. Um, I think that distinction is what uh, makes it different and uh, difficult. Yeah, for um, like for me to talk about my art in a business way, I find it very difficult. Um, when I was, for example, when someone wanted to, like to buy my painting and I actually saw the you know the gaps in humanity, yeah. I just was very puzzled and I wasn't sure like what to do and how to how to deal with it. And it just felt like I'm selling my baby or something. It just was really bizarre. So. Yeah, I d- I do find it quite difficult for some reason. Yeah. yeah.
0: No, I, yeah, like I said, I feel like I knew the answer but I, and I think that's th- that's normal. Yeah. But um it's interesting that you say that um you know, there is sort of a choice or or some people sort of ask you this question. Mm-hmm. So people ask you this question like yeah. d- what would you choose if you had to?
1: Yeah, when you have like philosophical discussions with your friends yeah. sometimes it would be like what would it be?
0: Yeah, I Speaking of philosophy, this idea of having to choose between two things in, that are actually not exclusive yeah, uh, you don't have that's to that's a that's right? a false dichotomy. Exactly, that's a, that's I agree. Actually a fallacy. Hmm. And we, I used to, have, I I still want to do the, this podcast, but um, it was a podcast called it's a series called "Mistaken Ideas," mm-hmm. and it was like every episode is there was only three so far is about a specific. Uh, fallacy or or multiple fallacies in in one episode and yeah false dichotomy in my research is is one of the ones that I, I I don't think we did an episode on but yeah you don't have to choose and that's the whole point of this question is like there there's a balance because you can't as an artist from all the like this is the artist series number 25 I've spoken to 25 artists actually 24 because I had a repeat guest um you know there's a need there's a there's something that it's like something you have to do and you also have to work and and make money so these two things you have to do it's like to ask someone like that which one would you choose it's like no but i i can't
1: like let's say if you were if if i were making money also from art which uh or or someone then um i still wouldn't be able to just choose art you know I i i want to do business not for money. I oh, want That's to interesting. I want to do it for because, because you I like want it. to change something. Yeah, hmm. I want to change something in the world. Uh so one of the businesses is for example uh, to do with pet adoption, you know. Hmm. Uh so like all of the business ideas that I have that I've uh, been researching and I'm slowly kind of making business plans for them as well. Uh so I'm kind of slowly working on them. All of them have something um to do with um like me you know it's something that i see and i think this is wrong or it it can be better or it it should be changed um so they're not just like for making money that's a thing so um yeah Yeah. uh and uh, the family business um uh, that uh, yeah um kind of right now it's my main uh, source of income and um it's not necessarily i I don't know whether like how long i'll be doing it but i do love their like philosophy that they use you know recycled rubber for example and they use really good materials um so and and kind of it's for me it's like ethical and uh that's important like it would be difficult for me to work for a company that is not uh in my eyes um ethical and uh, here I can learn about the business yep. side, and I love it. And, it's uh, very interesting. and
0: so the the material. So the it's it's basically focused on sports. You use, use in sports, like sports or playgrounds and or, or stables.
1: Yeah. So yeah, it can be used for. Yeah, so it's also gyms. And it's a
0: good good business. Yeah, it's it's, g- it's great to encourage. Yeah. yeah. And it's also it's yeah, it's exactly.
1: safe. Yeah, of course. Uh, we manufacture on like completely automated German equipment and it's uh w- which may which means the quality is really high. Mm. Like it's, it's the best it's quality German? you can get. No, well, because it's completely automated. Oh, okay. And of course, uh, you know, uh
0: Well, I have to tell you something about German playgrounds. Yeah. They're all made of sand.
1: Sand? Yeah, there's no yeah.
0: there's none of this recycled rubber. There's no so when you go to the playground, mm. you have to go into like a sand, mm-hmm.
1: sand pit. Yeah, like yeah,
0: and I hate it. Yeah. So I if mean you can it's not change everywhere, but no, it's but everywhere. Really, every single playground. Well,
1: actually, uh, we did have some pro- projects uh, in Germany, uh, and uh, they are using. I think the thing is, it depends on the constituencies and. Um, I should projects. say that's
0: Berlin. In yeah, Berlin, maybe yeah. not maybe in, in, in other cities yeah. yeah, but here in Berlin yeah. for sure it's all sand it's terrible yeah.
1: it all depends on the regulations and things like that sand is not necessarily bad but if you have high uh, things to climb on like for children it may not be the safest material mm. and well sand also presents like other dangers because you can't see what's underneath yeah. they can be glass and things like that especially in Berlin uh, so I'm quite surprised it's that, uh, that it's yep. just sand be- like I would be a bit um um Kind of scared if I had a child who is playing in sand yeah. here. It's yeah, unless I mean, it's a closed place.
0: No, it's definitely not closed. These are all public, and, and there was like a weird thing that was happening for a while where there was like junkies were leaving needles. Oh no, in that's the sand. that's really bad. Like I, I don't know if it's true or not, but that's what I've heard. I mean, I've seen, I've, I, I, I've taken walks in like parks and things like that and cemeteries. I'm a little weird with that. Um, and you see needles yeah. just like left everywhere and it looks like they have blood in them. It's it's so oh. freaky. um in any case, yeah, th- you and when you so and also the sand is like basically dirt. So mm. you don't know what's in there and it could be like Exactly bugs yeah. and insects or yeah. whatever. So if you can somehow <laughs> well change that in Berlin, that would be amazing.
1: That, that would be a difficult task. Uh, <laughs> if, if if there is anyone listening who would like yeah. to uh, partner in that and get uh, Berlin authorities, uh, maybe uh, I'll do it and, and make some money uh, on that. Uh, yeah, you're welcome to to join me. Yeah. yeah, I mean I'll supply, and uh, you can find uh, a way to. Um, change the surfaces and then yeah increase the safety i mean we yeah we are all about uh, the safety of course like yeah. that's we actually have even in house uh like ball that you can th- uh, it's it's like it measures the critical fall height something that you need to have for playgrounds and we have in oh, w- we got fall we, okay. we got we got it in um Uh, we bought it and we have it in-house at the factory uh, to just measure it ourselves as well. Uh, I mean, we have independent testings for everything, of course, but, uh, yeah, we, like, really concentrate on safety.
0: Okay. So we have a couple minutes left, and I Mm -hmm. figure I'll just ask you... um, I already know the answer to this question, so maybe you... Maybe I should just not ask it. Well, maybe you can tell me what, what you think the answer is. So, basically... The question is is why do you do it uh, do you really want me to tell you that's i've never done that before why, why like do I do what why do you why do you do your art? Why do you create art okay I well
1: mean, tell me what you, oh it will God. be interesting to hear what okay. you've understood and heard okay, okay
0: let's let's try that i've never done that before in a podcast Well, there's this, always this a first yeah exactly this will be the first so I think that you create uh art because you have a vision of the world that you um, that you would like to create and um you don't see uh well you do see other ways of creating it but your preferred way of creating this vision or uh, implementing this vision is and and communicating it w- even more important is is through art and visual mm-hmm. mediums uh like because it's not just painting it's also sculpture mm-hmm. so that was that's my short answer
1: mm. yeah yeah is it's it it's pretty accurate <laughs> i mean it's also just the simple reflections of course uh on uh, humans
0: yeah like common reflections exactly yeah
1: yeah Yeah. that's um i guess it's just being a bit philosophical and anthropological and questioning i I do question everything which is sometimes tiring but it's fascinating as well i'm just fascinating by fascinated by humans Uh, i think they're both the most horrible creatures in the world but also the most fascinating and kind and amazing people mm. like creatures in the world it's it's quite bizarre how how we are and I agree 100% uh,
0: so another question before we go uh, any parting advice for artists and non-artists alike so any for, for everybody any mm. uh, uh, basically like how how to ba- basically the balance question is like you know um the most important question is like any advice for how to really just get your sort of life the way you want it to be yeah. it's a little heavy question
1: writing goals really helps uh something that actually a, a really interesting technique i don't know how long we have i can try to say it in, thi- in 30 seconds but oh. uh, a friend of mine uh, told me you take a piece of uh like a4 uh, paper mm-hmm. and um uh, on top of it, uh, you write your goal. Like, what is the best thing? What do you want? To, wh- what do you want to uh, be or re- uh, reach in maybe two years or five years? And then you fold it into half, and then you think, where would you want to be half that way? And then you do it uh, until there is no kind of space left. So that way, you can see that you you actually can start with baby steps. You know, if you want to get somewhere, you can start by something by by just talking to someone by just reaching out somewhere uh yeah sometimes it would take uh maybe 30 attempts uh 30 emails or 100 uh you know sometimes it would take less sometimes you'll be lucky and you know you you would just meet someone and they would somehow open the door for you but um what what i realized by doing that is that it all starts with uh, some baby steps and uh it's sometimes it's hard to keep yourself motivated but looking at that uh might uh inspire you and um, might motivate you but yeah making making a plan is actually not a bad thing and uh and also something that motivates me a lot is uh, just going ge- getting out mm. uh first of all meeting people and in berlin it's incredible like i've met uh every time i went out uh, um i would meet just at least one amazing person mm. And but also going to nature, like I love going to nature. It's like it's unbeatable. There is nothing better than that. Mm. Uh, Taking a train out, maybe with a bicycle, or just going somewhere to a forest and going for a walk or cycling, it's just incredible. Yeah, like if if you can going somewhere for a week is great as well like i love sometimes going on a trip by myself like uh, i went um not last summer but the summer before i went to iceland i just rented a car and i was just on my own and i had the tent and uh like a few things and i just drove all around iceland by myself and i would uh, camp um uh, in a tent and i would try to pitch a tent in a way that when i open it in the morning i would have amazing view like Mm -hmm. of a mountain or of, uh, of a lake or something and um that sort of thing like escaping like that uh, and um being with yourself as well is very important yeah yeah it was it's incredible to kind of connect to yourself like get get some time for yourself as well it's it's great to go on a trip with friends but sometimes it's actually great Mm. to go by yourself as well and some people are scared of it but and at first i was when i first did it and the first time i did it was in new zealand actually and uh, it was scary. I just drove all around New Zealand by myself, but it was actually just the most liberating thing I've ever had. Uh, yeah, it was incredible. So, wow. yeah.
0: That is some great advice. I really thank you for that, and thank you for being here.
1: Mm, thank you for having me. It was really lovely chatting with you. Yeah, Really right. fun.
0: Yeah, same here. Okay. All right. Good night.